0: This is the FS Tech Podcast. Welcome to the FS Tech Podcast. I'm Hannah McGrath, the editor of FS Tech. And in today's episode, we're going to take a closer look at the importance of omni channel customer experience across banking and financial services. In the on-demand economy, customers now expect to be able to engage with their service provider, be it a streaming service, online retailer or banking provider, at the click of a button and on the channel of their choice. They also expect smooth interaction, whether they're a new customer in the onboarding process or applying for a new loan after 20 years with the same provider. As a result, financial services providers are under mounting pressure to leverage data, AI and automation to provide a personalised and seamless customer experience, whether the customer is accessing online via an app or calling the customer service phone line. And while FinTechs and InsurTechs enable customers to switch smoothly between online chatbots and the human advisor, more established banks are struggling to connect all of the elements of the customer journey. They risk losing out on the benefits of true customer experience in an omnichannel way, as well as the strategic insights that listening to the customer on various channels can bring. So in this podcast, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Monica Hovspien, Head of Worldwide Financial Services Industry Strategy at OpenText, to delve further into the key challenges and opportunities for FSIs in building an omni-channel customer journey. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Monica. It's great to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much, Hannah. It's great to be on.
0: Fantastic. Well, let's jump into our discussion. So our first question is, how has the rise in digital apps and services across multiple
1: channels changed customer
0: expectations of their banking providers?
1: So excellent question. The pandemic accelerated the trends towards more digital engagements for everyone across all generations. And all of us as consumers, we were quick to adopt and we just didn't have any other choice, to be honest with you. And many wondered whether these changes, some, any, or many of these accelerated trends that were already, some of them, in motion, would they be temporary or permanent? Now, PwC's June 2021 Global Consumer Insights Pulse Survey, which was conducted in March 2021, found that most of these changes are, in fact, sticking. For example, consumers today are more price sensitive, not surprising, more savings oriented, but interestingly, we're all more digital. In fact, the research from PwC revealed that companies that make customer experience a priority can charge a premium of up to 16% for their products and services. Now, when we consider digital channels, financial institutions need to take into consideration the entire customer journey and all personas. As customers, naturally, there will be times that will jump channels. So it's important to ensure that the entire digital journeys are designed in a thoughtful, intuitive manner, and most importantly, with the customer in mind and not with the product or the service in mind. For digital to be successful, the journeys need to be seamless and intuitive for the customer not to feel frustrated. And we've all been there, let's face it. Most customer journeys begin on the website. For example, if a customer is interested in a product, they begin researching the product on the web page. If the web page is not well designed or it doesn't provide that level of information, the customer immediately abandons. Furthermore, customers today research for products utilizing the FSIs product comparison tool, that's assuming they have one, or another product comparison tool. We've all become accustomed to checking reviews from others before we order new product. For example, whether we're watching a new movie or show, check out a new restaurant, and why not a product or a bank or an insurance company people are always willing to share their opinions whether on an fsi whether they're offering and delivering good service offering good rates whether their product is better than the competition if their straps are friendly and knowledgeable if their mobile app is user friendly and so forth visibility into browser behavior and becoming both proactive and reactive can ensure that banks improve personalization, the customer experience, and therefore increase marketing ROI, drive customer loyalty, and increase brand awareness. So that's just one example. When it comes to an existing customer and they just want a simple interaction, Like when a new credit card has been sent to them because their existing one has expired, they want the mobile app to be intuitive and simple. So what do I mean by that? Well, now I'm talking from a personal experience here because it just literally happened to me. The sticker on the new card referred me to the mobile app to activate my new card. And that was just one of the options. And so I logged on trying to see where and how I could activate my new card. I looked under the new messages, the insights, and there was absolutely nothing there. After like spending a whole bunch of time and getting frustrated, I finally found it hidden in the menu section as the last item. It wasn't intuitive, and I found the process absolutely frustrating. So as we pivot more and more towards digital channels, the entire journey should be considered and needs to become more seamless, personalized and with a customer in mind. So I hope that helped. Absolutely. Thanks so much
0: uh, for that, Monica. And you mentioned their digital journeys and obviously these are becoming increasingly important and over the last 18 months have been. Um, so what are the key challenges for FIs in recreating a continuous omnichannel experience for customers, whether that be online app or
1: even telephone banking? Yeah, so I think I briefly touched on this a little. We're seeing some new stats coming out. And I think it was just last week, BAI released a new study. And the name of the report was titled The Impact of Digital Acceleration on Banking. And the survey results are quite enlightening. And if you don't mind, I'm going to share some of those data points in order to answer your question. Sure. So according to their survey results, more than four in 10 customers today are doing all of their banking digitally. The same report also states that 30% of FSIs are promoting digital banking to their customers to increase adoption, stressing that guiding customers on the electronic tools is an increasingly important responsibility of the branch and call center staff. Now, when banks were asked if they saw an increase in digital account openings, 42% 42% said that they saw an increase of 20 to 50%. Now, as encouraging as that is, and the fact that most of us were at home and branches were closed or open at limited capacity, the bad news in all of this is that 55% of FSIs are stating that the accounts that were open digitally are poor quality versus the ones open at the branch. And what they mean by poor quality is that the balances were quite low. As such, ensuring that the entire customer journey is taken into consideration and that entire journey is seamless, frictionless, and intuitive is key in ensuring that the customers are delivered that optimal experience, that we build confidence in that digital channels, And that they're seamless and they can jump from one channel to the other with confidence is going to be extremely key. And
0: and you mentioned their seamlessness as as the key to all of this. How are banks overcoming silos and utilizing the data that they currently have to deliver those more personalized services?
1: Yeah. So let's face it. It's no secret that banks have siloed systems. But customers, they don't understand that, nor should they. And they don't care. As customers, when they engage with the likes of Uber, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Apple, they experience that seamless, connected, frictionless, personalized, transparent, and single-click service. And they expect the same from their FSIs. Think about it. For those of you who shop on Amazon, and I do, I'm raising my hand and you can't see me. (laughs) When was the first and the last time that you actually had to call that 1-800-188 number? I'm based out of Canada, so that's what we use. Do you even know where that number is? And the answer is probably never, because there is no need for it. Everything is very easy to follow along. There is full visibility and transparency. You're actually even notified if there is a delay to the delivery of your order. You can even order using Alexa. Mm -hmm. Recommendations are made for you. The reviews are all there. So why can't banking be that easy? Utilizing AI data and information to deliver the right products to the right customer at the right time in their channel of choice. Ensuring that personalized information is targeted at the right customer in their channel of choice. In the case of Amazon, I'll admit it, I'm paying $119 for Prime membership because I'm based in Canada. And I was paying this before I started watching Prime video. I like the faster shipping. And that was even before the pandemic. In the UK, the membership is 79 pounds, I looked it up. If you think about it, we're paying to shop, and we like that, it's easy. It's that whole single click, it's fast, and it provides us with the visibility options. How many people are willing to pay for the convenience of banking? Now, let me go back to your question of AI. It's that time of the year when students are heading to college or university, depending on where you live at the moment. So banks have or should have that type of information at hand. They know which customers have college aid students. They should have captured charges to college entrance exam fees, course and enrollment fees. This would be a great opportunity for the FSI to offer a student credit card, for example. Furthermore, it would be wonderful to personalize these credit cards with insights for the parents and the students with spending balance updates to ensure that the student is not overspending. Everyone today is looking for financial health and financial well-being assistance and personalizing the student credit cards with these spending alerts can be beneficial to both the student and the parent, for example. So that's one example
0: of AI. That's a great example there of personalization and capturing that data and using it not just to sort of upsell and offer more value for the customer, but also just, you know, making sure that that customer feels valued and feels as though they're being engaged with. Um, So how important is seamlessness at different stages across the customer lifecycle? Um, Is too much focus put on onboarding and not enough to maintaining engagement over the longer term?
1: Yeah, excellent question, Hannah. So... Onboarding is a critical part of building the relationship with the customer. It sets the stage. Obviously, if the customer begins the onboarding in a digital channel, it should be simple, well-defined, frictionless, and intuitive. It should easily guide the customer through the process. However, should at any point the customer decide that they require human assistance, whether via chat, contact center, or branch, that transition needs to be seamless, meaning that all information should remain captured. So once they hop to another channel, that information should not be lost. and should be picked up by a bank employee where the customer left off, eliminating any frustration by the customer to have to repeat themselves. When it comes to servicing, the engagement should be the same as it is After we open our accounts and begin to continue engaging with the institution, that's when we decide if we want to continue to deepen our relationship with that organization or institution. Studies have shown that banks should communicate with the customer continuously during that first 90 days of account opening to ensure that the customer has received all of the documentation, that they have funded the account, that they have personalized that account, that they are utilizing that account and et cetera. It ensures that the account becomes their top of mind account. Then after that, it is through that life cycle of the account when it comes to that servicing engagement or when the bank makes a cross-sell offer that the customer is open and willing to accept that offer. That's when they consider the bank or the institution to have their best interests at heart. And that's when the decision is made. Am I going to continue my relationship? Does this institution have my best interests at heart? Did they serve me well? And will I continue with this institution?
0: Absolutely, and, and I guess it's sort of this carries on quite nicely to our next question, which is, what can more traditional providers learn about omnichannel customer experience from the fintechs and the insurtechs we're seeing in the market at the moment?
1: Yeah, so the incumbents have always seen the fintechs and the insurtechs as competitors and or partners. What the fintechs or insurtechs provide to the marketplace are more nimble, digital-first agile offerings, which are designed with the customer first in mind. For the incumbent banks and insurance companies, they're more mature. They have grown most of the time through M&A. They serve through multiple channels and digital coming in in the latter years. And so it's a different story. Just recently, Cornerstone Advisors released a study which showed that large institutions such as Bank of America and Wells Fargo are beginning to lose their primary bank status with millennials and Gen Xers who are 41 to 55 years old to fintechs. The study showed that for the period between October, 2020 and July, 2021, there was a decline of 32% in the number of customers whose primary checking account is with the Bank of America. So the question is, where did these customers go? They're heading to digital banks. Roughly one in four Gen Zers and millennials now call a checking account from a digital bank their primary account. That's about double the percentage it was just nine months ago. So what are these digital banks offering to entice customers? Digital banks are winning the customers, primary Gen Zers, millennials, by providing products that are one, personalized for various segments of the market, and two, rethinking the concept of what a checking account is. They're considering the customer first versus the product first approach. And while we're on the topic of personalization, I thought I would share that according to McKinsey, companies that lead in CX personalization, they have increased their revenue up to 15%. So I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously that you know the evidence speaks for itself there in terms of being able to reach out to different audiences and therefore build your business around customer needs and making sure that everything is personalized. So um that's brilliant. Unfortunately, um we've come to time now for this podcast. Um, I feel as though we could have discussed that um for, for much, much longer. And just one final question. Um, if our listeners want to learn more about open text, where can we send them, Monica?
1: Yeah, um, I invite you to go to opentext.com, look for the banking industry page, and then look for Deliver Connected, Contextual, Hyper-Personalized Experiences, and there is a lot of information there. Brilliant. Um,
0: thank you so much for joining us for this episode and, and for sharing your insights, Monica. Um, it's been a great discussion and very informative. So, if, if you as listeners would like to suggest your own topic for a podcast, simply go to the FS Tech website and head to the Contact Us page. Um, thank you so much, Monica. And I look forward to welcoming you onto an FS Tech podcast very soon. Thank you.
1: Cheers. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech podcast.